Hey guys, it's Scott. I just want to thank you for tuning into the Blue Ridge Church podcast. You know, I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope it's inspiring to you. And I pray most of all, it's going to help you on your faith journey. So enjoy today. Well, it's great to see you. I want to welcome you again to Blue Ridge Church, whether you're streaming with us online or you're here in person. Can you believe that Thanksgiving is four days away? Nah, it's crazy. Now, let me really set things into perspective for you. Christmas is 35 days away. So if you haven't decided about getting the decorations out or what you got to do for Christmas, I just want to lay that burden on you today. But we did release our Christmas schedule this week in our newsletter. If you didn't get a chance to look at our newsletter, we're going to have four Christmas Eve services. We're going to have two on Friday evening they will not have any kids area for those two services. And then Saturday, we're going to have two services, one at 1 and one at 2.30. And they'll have like birth to 36 months for kids. And everybody else, we want them in here with families. But all four of those services are identical. Figure out which one works best for your family. Make sure you put that on your calendar. Then if you've been around this church for the past 12 years, you know that last week of the year, we don't have services. We encourage our volunteers, our ministry leaders, our workers to take the time off, spend time with their families. And then we kick off a brand new series on January the 8th. But before we get to Christmas, we're going to get to Thanksgiving. And we're in this series right now where we're talking about being grateful and different things that we can show gratitude towards or be grateful that we have. And if you were with us last week, Matt kicked off this series and he talked about being grateful for perseverance. The fact that we have the ability to persevere, to keep going, to keep moving forward in life, to not throw in the towel. Then, And we need to be reminded of that often because there's so many setbacks and so many things and challenges that we face in our life. I started thinking about that last week. We also need to be thankful for perseverance because we live in a culture right now. We live in a world where people are quick to judge and they're quick to criticize and they're quick to condemn, even quick to cancel people completely out of society. And that puts more pressure on us to want to give up so we have to persevere. And if you think about it, when it comes to the culture we live in today, it used to be that we only criticized or condemned those people that we really didn't know, right? That were in a big position of authority, people like politicians or, you know, an actor or movie star or a sports figure would make a mistake and we'd be quick to criticize them and condemn them. But now, if you look at the world we live in today, it's everybody, right? It's the people that we work with. And maybe it's the person that cuts your hair or the person that checks you out at the grocery store, rings up your groceries at the grocery store. Maybe it's your neighbor or your friend that posted something on social media. Something was said, something was done. You got upset about it. People get upset about it and they completely write them off and just distance themselves from them. If you look at culture today, it does not take much for people to get sideways. It could be a misstatement somebody makes. It could be an action or a, a political candidate 
that they voted for. It could simply be a word that somebody used that's not an acceptable word anymore. Now, I'm 58 years old, and listen, a lot of the words we used when I was a kid, they're not acceptable today. And I thought about it, I'm like, I'm going to give them some examples. Things like winter and snow and mountaineers. Those are words you just shouldn't use anymore, right? But it's true. It could be something that you posted five years ago. It could have been something you posted last month. It could have been something you did uh, when you were a child or when you were in your teens, and now it's no longer acceptable. The sad truth is a person could go through their entire life and have a mountain of integrity You know, they could, you know, have a lifetime of honor and respect. And then all of a sudden, in a moment of weakness, maybe they weren't thinking a moment of sin, they make a mistake. They blow it. They do something shameful. And whatever it is, no matter what it is, we completely ostracize them now from society. We completely cancel them. And the sad part is these are our friends These are our neighbors. These are the people we see in the community. Now, you're getting ready, some of you, to do a major family event, Thanksgiving, right? And there's people, I guarantee you, in your family, there's people in in different families that they don't even talk or associate with members of their family anymore because of something someone did, something someone said, something Uh, someone didn't approve of because of a political candidate they voted for or how they see life or faith or whatever. And we would rather blow up our family instead of coming to the realization, maybe we're going to have these differences in life. My point is we live in an age of offense. It doesn't take much for somebody to get offended. There's people that spend their entire day looking for someone or something that has offended them, and then they make a big deal about it, and they drive it to the nth degree. We truly are a culture now that doesn't respect people, and we don't honor people anymore. And so what we're going to talk about today is honor. Because guess what? Honor is a big, big deal to God. It's a huge deal to God, so it should be important to us. As a matter of fact, uh, if you want to follow along with our notes, you can download that Church Center app on your smartphone, whether you're watching online or you hear that will work. But Romans chapter 12, verse 10, love each other with genuine affection and take delight and honoring each other. How do we do that? How do we honor others? Who should we honor? How are we doing with that in our culture today? Not very well. We've just painted a picture of that. And so what I want to do is I want to look at the life of Jesus, and I want to look at when Jesus returned after some time in his earthly ministry, he returned to his hometown of Nazareth. And if you know this story, you know that Jesus was shown honor everywhere he went, except in his own hometown. And I think we can learn a lot from this story. Now, if you go back to the gospel of Luke, and let's say you just look at Luke and you look at everything Jesus accomplished up until he returned 
to Nazareth. He did some amazing things. We read when he was 12 years old, he, you know, he lets his parents go on ahead of him and he is hanging out with religious leaders and he's listening and he's talking with them. And it says the religious leaders were amazed at the answers that Jesus gave. And then the next thing we read in Luke is how Jesus is baptized by John the Baptist. And the Holy Spirit descends on Jesus and his heavenly father, God says, man, I'm so pleased with you. And then Jesus goes uh, to the desert. He, he's fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. And we looked at that in our uh, Hidden Reality series where Satan was tempting him and he overcame that temptation by simply uh, quoting God's word. Amazing things. And then if you flip back to another gospel and look at the gospel of Mark, you read some of those more practical things that Jesus did, some of the miracles that Jesus performed before he even got to Nazareth, his hometown. Uh, the very first thing recorded in Mark is he cast a demon out of a man that was at the synagogue. And then he goes with Peter to heal Peter's mother-in-law. Yeah, I know. You could kind of just write your own little story there. Really? Peter healed his mother? Yeah, he wanted his mother-in-law healed. But then that night, he healed all kinds of people who were sick and had various diseases. He cast out demons. The next recorded miracle, he heals a man with leprosy. And then a lot of you that grew up in church know the next story recorded in Mark where the guys ripped the roof off of the house because they couldn't get to Jesus and they lowered their, their buddy down uh, to right in front of Jesus and he healed him. And then Jesus is reprimanded by the religious leaders for healing on the Sabbath. Then he taught a bunch of parables to the people. All of this stuff has taken place before he gets to Nazareth. He walks on the water. He gets in the boat with his disciples. He calms the storm. They land on the other side of the lake, and he heals Legion, the guy that was possessed by all those demons. And Mark just keeps going, telling us these things. Then he heals Jairus' daughter. And on the way to heal Jairus' daughter, he heals a woman who's been bleeding for 12 years. All of these things transpired before he ever gets back to Nazareth. Now, Nazareth was not where Jesus was born. It's where he's raised. It's where he grew up. And he gets there, and of course, the people there, they're looking for the Messiah, just like everybody else is. And you would think they could figure this out, that Jesus is the Messiah, especially all the things they knew he had already accomplished. But they looked right past Jesus, and they didn't show him any honor at all. As a matter of fact, they did the exact opposite. And this story is found in Mark chapter 6, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 4 first. Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? Then they scoffed. He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. And his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. They didn't see Jesus as the Messiah. They didn't see Jesus as anything out of the ordinary. They didn't see anything special in Jesus. 
They just treated him common. They knew Joseph. They knew Mary. They knew his brothers and his sisters. They knew his upbringing. They didn't show him any honor, even though they were fully aware of everything that Jesus had accomplished up to this point. Showed him no honor. So what is honor? When we use that term and and we know that honor is important to God, what is honor? It's to treat someone with high regard, right? To treat someone with respect and admiration. You think about honor and it, it, it cherishes a person. It values a person. It encourages a person. It believes the best in people. That's what honor is. What is dishonor? The opposite of honor. Dishonor is where we're at as a society. It discourages people. It belittles people. It tears people down. It criticizes and condemns people. It cancels people. And when you think about honor, the crazy thing about honor is if we will start treating people with honor, they start acting a little more honorable. You ever notice that? Dishonor is the same way though. You start treating people with dishonor, you start belittling and criticizing and and judging and nitpicking, and they give up. It's like, what's the use? Why should I even try? So for the sake of talking today, think about honor as something that builds people up and dishonor as something that tears people down. So who should we honor? If honor is so important to God, who should we honor? Well, learning number one, we should show honor to God, right? For who he is, for what he's done, for his creation, for his love for us, we should show honor to God. How do we honor God? Well, the Bible says we can honor God with our wealth, right? With our first fruits, as the scripture says, with what he's given us. Everything we have, everything we are comes from God. So we can show honor to God by giving back. How else can we show honor to God? We can honor God, the Bible says, with our bodies. Now, if you have a relationship with Christ, and I know that's not everybody, but if you have a relationship with Christ, the Bible says that we're holy. We're made holy. We're set apart. And if we're going to honor God with our bodies, that means there's just some things that we're going to do, and there's some things we're not going to do. There's some things we'll look at. There's other things that we won't look at. There's some places we'll go and things we'll get involved with, and there's other places we won't go and we won't get involved with. We honor God with our body. We can honor God with our worship. And worship is more than just singing, right? We've learned that. It's it's everything we do in our life. In a world that constantly makes fun of God, we worship God and we praise God for who he is. We can honor God with our actions, you know, what we do with our life, what we do every day. We can honor God with our love. If you really think about it, every single thing we do every single day is either bringing honor to God or it's not honoring God, right? But first and foremost, if we're going to show honor, we show honor to God. What else? Learning number two, we should show honor to our spouse. Prepare for your toes to be stepped on. 1 Peter 3, 7. In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. 
She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. So just a a quick question, guys, and and this is just a question. I don't want you to answer out loud, but how are we doing with this? Ladies, don't answer for him, all right? How are we doing at showing honor to our wife? Now, I think we do a great job of this when we're dating her, right? We hold her hand. We open doors for her. We let her order first at the restaurant. We let her get completely in the car before we drive off, right? We brag about her. We, we praise her. How are you doing with that now that you're married? Because God says that we are to honor our wife. Hey, ladies, how about you? Listen to Ephesians 5.33. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. So how are we doing this in our marriages? Are we honoring? Are we respecting? And we should be thankful God gives us the ability to honor our spouse. It's it's a form of humility when we can honor our, our spouse. But here's the problem. A lot of times what we do, especially uh, husband and wife, is we withhold honor until they have deemed themselves worthy of honor, right? Until we've determined they're worthy of honor, we withhold that honor. That's not what God says to do. Now, I'd be remiss if I didn't explain. There's a little bit of difference in those two passages. One said honor and the other one said respect, right? Honor and respect are very similar in some cases, but in this case, when it says husbands honor your wives, do you realize honor is not earned? We just give honor, whether a person deserves it or not. That's how God defines it. But respect, on the other hand, is earned. So guys have it a lot more difficult than their wives because we have to give our wife honor whether she's earned it or whether we deem she's necessary to earn it or not, or receive it or not. Women, on the other hand, respect their husband and respect is earned. Does that make sense? So bottom line, we should show honor to God and we should show honor to our spouse. What else? Learning number three, we should show honor in our families. You're going to have a great opportunity to do this probably this week, right? How do we show honor in our families? Well, if you think about honor and God talking about the family, you probably think about honor your father and mother, right? And people get this kind of confused, this whole honor your father and mother thing that God commands us to do. Because, you know, it's then like, well, what if I'm not living at the house anymore? What if I'm still living under their roof? And, you know, I don't want to honor them. They don't vote the same way that I do. They don't respect my lifestyle. They, they're weird. You know, they don't agree with me, whatever, right? But remember, honor is not earned. We just give honor. And those of us that are kids of parents, which is all of us, you know, They were called by God to be our parents. They were also called to be the spiritual leaders in the home. Now, did they do a good job of that? Did they try at that? I don't know. 
But again, honor is simply given. We honor our parents because of who they are and because they gave us life, because of the position that God gave them as our parents. So we should value our parents and respect them for the things that they did get right. You know, whether we line up with them or not, we don't always have to agree with them. That's not what honor means. We don't have to always do exactly what they say, especially when you're 35 years old, but you show them honor because God called them to be your parents. Now, something that is highly recommended, if we want our kids to show us honor, we should demonstrate it and model it in the home, right? Or we should model behaviors in them that's going to show honor. And I think about growing up, my brother and I were taught to say, yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, and yes, sir, and no, sir. And that wasn't because my parents had this big head trip going on and, well, we're the position of authority and you will do this. No, they wanted us to do that when we were outside of the home, right? They wanted us to say, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. So I still do that today. That's why people that are 45 and I say, yes, sir, they look at me like I got four heads. So mom, when is enough enough? All right, you know, I'm 58. But no, doesn't that sound better? No matter how old you are, instead of uh-huh or yeah or okay. So we have to model what we want our kids to do when they leave the home. And if we want them to be honorable to us and to others, we need to start demonstrating it at home. Now, I'd be remiss, too, if I I moved off too quick on this, but parents, we're supposed to honor our kids as well. And and kids, I don't want you taking this home and throwing this in your parents' face because you didn't get your way on something. Well, I'm not going to show you honor because I didn't get my way. That's not what I'm talking about. Listen to Ephesians 6.4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather... Bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. So, you know, honor, we can give up to people that have more authority than we do or a higher position than we do, but we can also give honor down, right? We can give honor laterally, sideways, people who are equal with us, people who are below us at work or whatever. We can give honor in any direction. It doesn't just always go up. So parents, when we're honoring our kids, how do we do that? How do you honor your kids? Well, I think one of the things we can do is show them affection. We can encourage them. We can prepare them for the world that they're going to face. We can love them and, and build them up instead of always tearing them down. Spend time with your kids. That's a great way to honor them. Value them. Make them a priority. Now, you don't make them a priority over your spouse, right? We talk about priorities a lot around here. If you're a follower of Christ, that's your number one priority. If you have a spouse, that's your number two priority. If you have kids, that's your number three priority. Okay, get three. And and then you get to choose four and five. Four and five is either vocation or four is extended family and then five is, is the opposite of what you chose for four. After this week, you'll put work as four, I can assure you, after Thanksgiving. But 
We can't prioritize them over our spouse, but they have to be a priority in our life over our hobbies, over our work, over those other things that we'd like to do. Now, I think another great way to honor our kids is to discipline them and to hold them accountable for their actions. And you don't have to look too far in the world today to see that we are kind of lacking in discipline, right? I guarantee you, if we don't discipline them at home and hold them accountable, when they get out of the house, they're going to be disciplined and they're going to be held accountable. If they break the law, they're going to be disciplined. If they mess up at work or do something immoral or unethical, they're going to be disciplined. So we might as well start while they're at home. So we honor God. We honor our spouse. We honor our families by honoring our parents and honoring our kids. Next, we need to honor our leaders. And I know how you think, well, I didn't vote for that person. I don't agree with that person. I'm not going to honor that person. But the truth is, when you, when you read God's heart and God's desire for us, we should pray for those that we voted for. But we should also pray for those that we didn't vote for. We should pray for the boss that we enjoy working for. And we should pray for the boss that we wish was working for somebody else in another country, right? We pray for our leaders. Think about David in the Old Testament. Before he became the second king of Israel, before he became King David, he was just David. And King Saul, the first king of Israel, was trying to kill him. But he still showed him honor because that's what God said he should do. Who else should we honor? Scripture also teaches that we should honor our pastors and our spiritual leaders. And I'm not just bringing this up, oh, this, I want you to make this about me. No. But the Bible does say that the, the church leaders and the spiritual leaders deserve a double honor. Well, what does that mean? It means that those people that are serving your kids right now, you know, those precious little angels of yours that never do anything wrong, those kids, it means they deserve a double honor. It means those who serve us through groups and lead groups and serve us through ministry and encourage us and care for us, they deserve a double honor. Those that work with your teens on Wednesdays deserve a double honor. So we can honor our leaders. We can honor our spiritual leaders. We can honor God. We can honor our families. We can honor our spouse. And we don't just do this because God says to do it. It's good for us. Because I'm going to show you in this story we're looking at that when we don't show honor, it hurts us. So back to Nazareth, and we're going to look at Mark 6, verses 5 and 6. And because of their unbelief, the people in Nazareth, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. So Jesus is talking about nobody showing him honor in his hometown. Everywhere else but his hometown. And then he goes and he talks about their unbelief. Now, I want you to notice that verse didn't say wouldn't. It said couldn't. He couldn't do any more miracles. Now, wait a minute, Scott. You just got through saying all these miracles that Jesus did leading up to his time of getting to Nazareth. And now you're saying he couldn't or he can't do them anymore. 
It was their lack of faith and it was their lack of honor that he couldn't do any more miracles. Now, I don't pretend to be an expert on this verse, so I went and I looked at some commentaries from great theologians who study the Scripture all the time, and I looked at a guy by the name of Matthew Henry. A lot of you have heard of Matthew Henry. He's from the 1600s, and this is what he said, talking about this passage. He said, by unbelief and contempt of Christ, men stop the current of his favors to them. In other words, because of our lack of showing honor, our lack of belief, we can actually stop the flow of God's blessings in our life. That's what was happening here. That's what we're seeing. Another guy, Norman Geisler, uh, in the 1900s, this is what he wrote. He could not is moral, not actual. That is, Jesus chose not to perform miracles because of their unbelief. Jesus was not an entertainer, nor did he cast pearls before swine. I think those are two amazing interpretations of this scripture. So what we do know from this passage is that a lack of honor and a lack of faith limited what Jesus may have otherwise done in Nazareth. So that begs the question, we have to ask, you know, what miracles does God want to do in my life that he can't? What prayers does God want to answer for me that may be hindered? Or what blessings does God want to bestow on me that may be stifled because of lack of honor or lack of belief? So let's go back to that first verse we looked at, Romans 12, 10, and, and read it again. Take delight in honoring each other. In other words, honor others more than you honor yourself. So here's what I think we need to do. Starting now and leading into Thanksgiving is let's try to out-honor others. Let's try to out-honor others. If you want a blessed marriage... Out-honor your spouse. Out-honor your spouse in love. Out-honor your spouse in affection. Out-honor your spouse in humility. Out-honor your spouse in praise. And you, maybe you're like me and you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed right now. You know, looking at this last week and uh, the week before, and, and I find there's some deficiencies in my life when it comes to showing honor. Maybe that's you. Maybe you'd say today, you know, I haven't been showing honor to God through uh, my actions, through my love, through my, what he's given me, or I haven't been showing honor to my wife or my husband. I haven't shown honor to my kids, or I haven't shown honor to my parents or leaders or whatever it is. Maybe you're just overwhelmed. That's too, that's too much. It's never too late to start for us to start showing honor because it's such a big deal to God. And if you can't get all of these right or just some of them right, just start with Jesus. Just start there. Just start showing honor to Christ for who he is, for what he's done for us, for the sacrifice he made for us, for the love that he gives us. Simply just give honor to the Lord. 
And if you think about everything he's done for us, we don't have any other reasonable response other than to show him honor. So this Thanksgiving, I guarantee you, starting today, we're going to have all kinds of opportunities to show other people honor, whether they're in our family, whether they're not, whether we work with them, whether it's God. So this week, and moving forward, let's commit that we're going to honor God because when we show honor to others that honors God, we're going to honor God by honoring those people that he puts around us. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much uh, that you even give us the ability to show honor. God, help us to start showing honor. Help us just to start in our homes by honoring you. And then help that honor that we start to show in our homes to move outside of our homes and into our neighborhoods and our workplaces and our communities. Lord, help us to begin to change the tide of culture, a culture that just wants to criticize and cancel everybody, to a culture that gets back to respecting and honoring other people. Even though we're different, even though we may not agree in a line, we can show respect and honor to each other. Lord, thank you for this church. Thank you for these people. Lord, we uh, pray that you would continue uh, to be with all of those who are suffering, all of those who are sick. Continue to be with our friends in Charlottesville, those families, those friends that are are suffering from this tragedy they've been through. Uh, Be with our culture, Lord. Help us to set the example. Help people to see you in each and every one of us. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to uh, be encouraged. Go ahead and fill out one of those connection cards. If you've got prayer requests, uh, it's online. It's through the Church Center app. Let us know what's going on if you need more information about the church. But uh, especially if you're hurting, you've got something uh, you want the prayer team to pray for, they will pray through those faithfully each and every week. So I hope you have an incredible Thanksgiving. If you're traveling, be careful. Join us next Sunday. We'll finish up this series and bring a friend with you. God bless you guys. Have a great afternoon.